impressive was the OU defense pitching a shutout to start the year. And, Mike, I don't know if today necessarily tells us if the OU defense is fool's gold or not, but it's a much bigger test and, in my eyes, the first real test of the season for this OU defense. Yeah, we will get a lot more answers uh, tonight. There is no doubt about it. Last week, uh, you know, it was just a tap-in putt for Oklahoma. That game was over so fast. Uh, But still, you know, I don't care who you're playing when you shut out somebody. That's a good situation. We have heard the phrase competitive depth, you know, for a while from Brandon's coaching staff and the players. And uh, we certainly saw that on display. They played, uh, you know, up into the high 80s. I think it was 88 players. So they went basically four deep. But uh, I I am curious to see Oklahoma put some situations uh, against a much more difficult offense to defend. I'm not saying that SMU is the old Pony Express SMU teams, but Preston Stone was highly recruited. Uh, We know that Jordan Hudson was highly recruited. The two running backs, L.J. Johnson, Jr., Jalen Knighton were highly recruited. So uh, we won't get all the answers today, but we will get a lot more than we did last week, clearly. Yeah, because it could be one of the better defense, or excuse me, one of the better offenses that uh, that you face all year long. And it's not just skill position talent up front on the offensive line. They're, uh, you don't necessarily think of SMU in here recently as a good offensive line, but this could be one of the better offensive lines that SMU has had in a while, mixed with some pretty good skill talent. So OU's corners and their safeties will get challenged today. The pass rush will get challenged today. It's just a very good overall test as we see, or at least get a better idea of what this defense is in the, in week two. By the way, I'm at Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. You can probably hear it. I don't need to tell you, but I will anyway. It's popping in here. They got Nebraska, Colorado seemingly on every single TV. Uh, there are a lot of uh, excited football fans about what CU is doing to Nebraska right now. So it's it's a lot of fun in here at Yo Pablo. Uh, we will be here until 4 p.m. And Mike is about for Norman on Campus Corner, which is always important for a Sooner game day. But very important today, depending on what section that you're sitting in. It is striped the stadium. Even sections will wear crimson. Odd sections will wear white. So, Mike, I- I'm sure they have white T-shirts galore. If you don't have a white OU T-shirt, I'm sure that you can see uh, several of them uh, sitting in front of you there uh, out there at Balfour. Well, I will tell you this. we got a great crowd out here today, too. And, you know, Balfour, legendary here on Campus Corner. Jerry and the crew out here, they've got everything you're looking for. They've got you covered from head to toe when it comes to uh, OU gear. There's no doubt whether it's hats all the way down to socks. Check out the brand-new Huey brand hats here at Balfour. They also have the old standard corduroy beat Texas classic hat like uh, the King wore back in the day in the Cotton Bowl, and that's still very popular. So uh, we are always happy to be here at Balfour. And uh, like I said, we got a great crowd rolling in, and I am so fired up uh, again for Sooner football and college football being back. You know, it feels like it kind of comes and goes, right? It's like, man, here we go, football, and then boom, it's over. So let's enjoy all these Saturdays. By the way, I don't think there is any team in college football Uh, You know, when you're talking about prominent teams that gets in their own way more than Nebraska. And the Sims kid, the transfer from Georgia Tech, is not good. He is a turnover waiting to happen. And uh, Dion and company getting ready to go 2-0. But, man, 
I, I think Matt Rule is a really good hire for the Huskers. I, I think he'll end up doing a pretty good job. I've always said I don't think Nebraska will ever return to old Nebraska where they were a contender for the national title every year. But, man, this quarterback, man, it is, uh, like I said, it's an accident waiting to happen. And they had their chances, but so many turnovers that uh, Colorado's been been able to take advantage. Dion's going to have an interesting yeah. uh, post game again this week. Four turnovers for Nebraska against Minnesota, and I know they're at at least three. They may be four again against Colorado as they trail 29-7. we got about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. CU's going to win this game. Nebraska has made the switch at quarterback, but you're right, man. If they just had... If they just had Casey Thompson, they may be 1-0 and in a really good position to win this game as Cheva Purdy, who uh, once visited Norman once upon a time ago while uh, being a quarterback in the transfer portal, actually threw a touchdown pass against OU late in that game in Lincoln. But if Nebraska just had someone who could take care of the football, you're probably seeing a lot of progress right now. But Jeff Sims just... It's not just the turn; it's the bad turnovers, man. Bad tur- turnovers when they're going into score. Bad turnovers when they're, uh, you know, kind of, kind of, kind of uh, backed up deep inside the twenty-yard line. It's just, um, it, it's been pretty pitiful here recently to watch Nebraska football. But even as someone who doesn't root for the Huskers, it's been tough to watch them the first two games, which just how in not not even inconsistent, just just how 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 they just can't take care of the ball, man. Yeah, it's interesting uh, too for Oklahoma fans because if you're uh, you're as old as I am, which is uh, a- really ancient, uh, Nebraska was one of those hurdles every year. Your first hurdle was going to be you might have like 1977. You might go to the Horseshoe and and play Woody's Ohio State team, and the Von Shaman field goal wins it for you. But usually, you're thinking about a couple of hurdles back in the day. Uh, you know, getting by Texas in the Cotton Bowl, and then if you beat Nebraska. More than likely, you were going to the Orange Bowl and playing for a national championship. So uh, it's weird with Sooner fans. I really think that, you know, that was always a respect rivalry, not a heated, hated rival Nebraska. So I still think that OU fans look at Nebraska and kind of shake their heads like, man, just can't believe it's gotten, uh, gotten that low. Okay, I think we may have uh, lost Tyler for a moment. It, he is uh, He's faded out a little bit on us, and uh, you can imagine the Wi-Fi traffic here on Campus Corner right now, and uh, Yo Pablo uh, right down the street here from Balfour sounds like it is an absolute madhouse. So uh, once again, we're going to be here uh, until 4 o'clock today. Mike Steely with you here at Balfour of Norman. we got Tyler McComas. He's probably going to try and reconnect, would be my guess. Um, and uh, if you've never been to Balfour and you're listening to our pregame show, you've got to get out of here because if you like Sooner gear, I bought the lovely Shay a couple uh, nice hats. Shay likes her Sooner gear. She likes her Sooner gear and whatever team that Baker Mayfield's playing on. That's where she gets her sports gear collection from. That's it. Everything else is, you know, real ladylike and whatnot. But this is uh, the place to be for Sooner Souvenirs and Sportswear. They literally have everything here. I'm looking at these cool wall clocks and everything. If you haven't been to Balfour, come by and see us. You're going to be very impressed. It is awesome. You will not believe all the Sooner gear they have in here. Sounds like Tyler has rebooted and is back with us. Yeah, and what I was going to ask you before the uh, connection issues out here is – you know, seventy-three nothing. 
and I roll into the postgame show last week thinking, oh, this is exactly what this fan base needed. I recognize the opponent wasn't very good, but this is exactly what this fan base needed after a six and seven year. The vibes are going to be high. Everyone's going to be happy. And, well, that was mostly the part. But then there were a lot of people upset about the pass rush or lack thereof. So as we go into today, and again, the theme of this first segment has kind of been this is a day for the defense, a pretty good gauge of where the defense is, it, it really is right now, is the number one thing that we're all looking for today to see if the pass rush is more consistent, if the pass rush is better. It's a defensive day, Mike, but is this a pass rush day as well? I'm sorry. I was talking to a fan here. I totally missed what you said. I was in a is, conversation. Is uh, today about is today about the pass rush? My bad. Yeah, yeah. To an extent, certainly it is. And again, you heard Brand, you heard Ted Roof, you heard the players talk about it. That you know, mainly what happened is uh, Arkansas State was well aware that they were going to have some problems with the uh, Sooner pass rush and that defensive line, and they were getting rid of the ball quickly. The quarterback was getting rid of the ball quickly. Uh, these these weren't classic dropouts. They would roll him out. You know, he was, uh, you know, the moving the pocket a little bit. Look, you still would love to have three or four sacks, right, particularly when you think it is Arkansas State. But, um, you know, I, this is going to be a much bigger test this week. And if they can get after, uh, you know, if they can get after Preston Stone and sack him three times tonight, I think the Sooner fan base will be uh, – uh, placated there, uh, pacified, whatever you want to call it. But, yeah, look, you know what sports radio is all about, Tyler. You've been in it long enough now, too, particularly with Oklahoma fans. There's always going to be something to complain about. And like I said, uh, you know, I would love to see the Sooners get out there and have, uh, you know, guys rushing the passer like LT, Lawrence Taylor, and Jadavion Clowney. But we didn't see it last week, and – uh, let's just hope we see a, a better representation of that this week. Because if they do get after the quarterback this week, they're doing it against an offensive line, which is just as big as their own, and they're doing it against better competition. Yeah, and, and I think they will with just the the different look. I mean, OU was so straight up last week. And not that they didn't bring pressure. They did bring pressure. But in terms of what this defense is going to look like when we really get into the meat of the schedule, that was as vanilla as they're going to look all year long uh, last week. And I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just saying that they're going to bring pressure from different spots than they did a week ago. Um, you're going to get different coverage looks with different players at Cheetah. I, I just think today is the first time they really unveil some stuff defensively that we were never going to see last week. And I think that could lead to a better, more consistent pass rush, as well as the players that are available this week compared to that of last week. Our Mason Thomas is back, and he's got a chance there with Rondale Bothroyd to be in your top two of pass rushers this season. So I am in no way looking at last week and what happened with the pass rush and saying, well, that is a major question. That is the question. I'm seriously concerned about that. I'm monitoring that. I'm monitoring it. I think it's one of the bigger storylines going into today because of the opponent. But I do have confidence that the pass rush is going to be better. And if it is, I think that we should all be in a, in a place in postgame to where we say, okay, pass rush was a lot better against a better offense. Let's call it what it is. This defense is, is a lot better because I'm not ready to say this is a top 30 defense after shutting out Arkansas State. But if they have another really good performance, Mike, where they're getting after the quarterback, 
they're coming up with takeaways and they make SMU look average offensively, then I, I, I think at least tonight we'll be able to say, look, are they a top 20 defense, top 30 defense? We'll see. But they're a heck of a lot better than what they were a year ago. I think that, that this test at least gives you that. Yeah, no doubt. SMU has uh, has some skill, talent. Like I said, they've got a big offensive line. So it's, it's going to be, uh, you know, we've reiterated it time and time again, it's going to be a bigger challenge, a better challenge, a more interesting ball game. I still think Oklahoma uh, will end up winning this game and covering the spread. I, what I'm interested to see is what happens with the Sooners if they're playing a lot of tempo. And, uh, you know, they took their foot off the gas clearly in the second half last week where they could have scored 100. But can this SMU team hang with Oklahoma, you know, later in the game, if it is a close game? Because I think the Sooners, again, the big, huge difference will be all the uh, the depth that Oklahoma has now. And I think they could wear this SMU team down uh, by playing fast. And I think you'll see a lot of tempo, uh, at least early in this game, and how SMU responds to that. But, yeah, for the defense... Uh, we will if, if they I think if they hold SMU below 17 that's tremendous and yep. uh, that, that to me would be an A I know people would love another yep. shutout but in this day and age man it's hard <laughs> to stop uh, you know the, the way that offenses are going now the number I know the number of plays was down for just about everybody last week except OU but uh, shutouts are rare even against the cupcake Agree, man. Agree on all that, especially the, the 17 number that you threw out. Touchdown, Colorado. Shadur Sanders just runs for a touchdown. It is now 36-7 CU with just under five minutes left in the fourth quarter. Um, if you don't like Colorado, I think Shadur Sanders is going to be on the short list in the Heisman race. I know it's early, just week two, but you're gonna you're about to hear Shadur Sanders and uh, Heisman talk coming up next week after uh, – after CU gets another big win. All right, it is the Wendy Chevrolet Center Game Day Show. I am live at Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. Mike Steely is at Balfour of Norman on Campus Corner. More SOU-SMU coverage coming your way next. What's the running back situation going to look like today? Could be interesting. We'll, uh, we'll look at what uh, RB1 and RB2 can look like coming up next right here on The Ref. Winnie Chevrolet, Sooner Game Day Show, live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Mike Steely. We got you until 4 p.m. for the 5 p.m. kickoff on ESPN+. Plus. It's OU and SMU in a oddly low line. It was at 14 and a half some places uh, on Friday afternoon. So, I don't know. I've got OU covering. I think a lot of people have OU covering by a wide margin. But uh, the betting line, definitely interesting. It, Maybe Vegas just doesn't believe the hype with Oklahoma, doesn't believe it after one game. Who knows? Um, Mike is at Balfour of Norman on Campus Corner. I'm at Yo Pablo on Campus Corner where, uh, excuse me, Colorado is just putting it on Nebraska right now in Boulder. Coach Prime about to move to 2-0, buffs up 36-7, three and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. But when it comes to this OU offense, Mike, we saw Tawi Walker get the first carry last week, and all the running backs were solid. But I don't really think anyone necessarily stood out above the rest. Caleb Hicks had a good moment. Javante Barnes had a couple of good moments as well. But are we back to Tommy Walker getting the first carry today? And who is the featured running back in game two? That's a good question. That uh, You know, Gavin Sawchuck coming back is going to be big. And, uh, you know, I thought the offensive line played uh, a solid game uh, last week. But... 
you know, the longest run was a 16-yarder by Javante Barnes. Uh, you know, the way some of the Sooner players made it sound in, in their interviews with the media, you felt like Tawi Walker would never be tackled. And when he was tackled a couple times, like, wait a minute, he can be tackled. But uh, I don't know. That's going to be very interesting. I saw Chuck clearly miss some time during camp. Javante Barnes coming back from an offseason foot injury. Maybe they're taking a little bit slower with him uh, as well, although he was in the game last week. But, um, you know, they've got so many running backs that you can save the tread on a lot of those guys' tires uh, for later in the season with the options yeah. they have here now. So I I don't know, maybe Tommy Walker again, but I'm, I'm curious to see Sawchuck because he looks so great in the Florida State game, and uh, he's got really great speed. And he was able to break some tackles in that cheese ball too. So I am, uh, I'm curious to see exactly how they're going to split those uh, snaps in the game. My best guess, and, and it's purely a guess, because I think that there's a number of things that could happen today at, at running back. I do think Tawi Walker gets the first carry just because he got the first carry last week. And I think for the most part he played well. Again, I don't think necessarily anyone separated from the pack, but... I think what's most likely going to happen if this go if this game goes the way that I think it's going to, which is you know OU gets out early and they're in control in this game, I think you'll see Toby Walker get carries. I think you'll see Marcus Major get carries. I think you'll see Barnes get carries, Sawchuck get carries, Caleb Hicks get carries. I, I think that there's five running backs that get carries today, or at least they plan on getting carries today if this game goes the way that I think it's going to. But if I'm wrong, Mike. And it's late second quarter, and we got a ball game, and we're in the second half, and it's a ball game, and someone has the hot hands. I think there could be a situation in a tight game where, all right, Sawchuck is clearly our best running back today. He's getting a ton of yards. He's got the hot hand. Let's go with him. But if OU's just going to easily cover the spread, I, I, I think that they, I think they most likely use five running backs today, and they all get about seven or eight carries apiece. Yeah, and, and if he gets out of hand, you might see Hollywood Smothers in there, you know, if the Sooners are leading, you know, by three touchdowns or, you know, more than that in the fourth quarter uh, because he, he got a little play, obviously, last week. But, uh, you know, it looks like they have a variety of kind of different backs. Tommy Walker, you know, more of a power back. Marcus Major, probably a little bit more of a power back as well. Saw Chuck his speed, but again, deceptively strong. Ran through some FSU tacklers in the bowl game uh, in the Cheez-It Bowl. And I think we know Javante Barnes has great burst. Caleb Hicks, I know they loved him uh, during camp. He's been really good so far. So, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm curious to see. I, I think that may be kind of what they do, at least uh, in the, uh, the rest of the non-conference schedule before they get to Dallas maybe. Uh, is kind of go with the hot hand. That's what a lot of coaches yeah. do. When when you don't have a guy that you feel like this is the bell cow guy right now, uh, I think most Sooner fans would say that, look, Sawchuck and Barnes were the more highly recruited backs. They're probably your best backs when it, everything is even, you know, because Brent, when he talked about Tommy Walker or Marcus Major with the original depth chart, he said availability was a big part of that so i still think those two are your are your best backs when they're healthy and everything everything is all things considered but uh we'll see you know if if 
Tommy Walker goes out, gets the early carries, and ripping off chunks of yardage. Why not keep him in there? Yeah, I mean, and the thing, too, that I think is really working in their favor in terms of usage with the running backs is, you know, we're, we're always this radio host trying to figure out, all right, who's wide receiver number one? Who's running back number one? Who's getting the most carries? Who's getting the first carries? That's talking points for us. But in reality, this team doesn't need to figure that out today. And they don't even need to figure that out next week. I, I mean, realistically, you'd like to find that out at least probably before you go to Cincinnati. But I think that this non-conference schedule and even the opening of the Big 12 schedule allowed you some time and allowed you a few weeks to kind of extend those training camp battles on into the season. So it didn't really feel like they're in a hurry to anoint a running back one and running back two. And, and I think that's the right way to go about it. Let that battle continue on during the season. Let guys get reps. And at the same time, too, is you're able to keep those guys fresh once you get into the second half of the season, once you get to that Texas game, which is so critical in early October. So I'm totally fine with how they're handling it right now. I think they're in a good spot there. Um, and at some point, by the time we get to OU Texas, I don't think that we're talking about five or six running backs getting carries in a game. We're probably talking more real, more realistically about three. Now, Mike, if they were playing Georgia today, like we thought they were going to be a year ago, then maybe that conversation's different. But they're playing SMU this week and Tulsa the next. They've got time to not only figure out running backs, but, but some other positions as well. Yeah, look, Brent is the kind of guy that you you still have to go out there and earn it, right? Tommy Walker earned it. Obviously, Marcus Major earned it. Javante Barnes coming back from the foot injury. Bryce slowed him down somewhat, uh, you know, in camp. We know that Sawchuck missed some time there. But the bottom line is, you know, you also get a chance to play some of these guys where uh, once y- your main guys get totally healthy, uh, you know, if, if something happens to them, Tommy Walker comes in a game, and uh, he got a little play last year. But, again, these guys feel confident. So I think while you can do this and uh, still go out there and win games convincingly, and SMU is going to be more difficult to win uh, this week convincingly, you know, like it was last week. But get those guys some run, and let's figure out uh, this is kind of what the preseason is. And we talked about OU schedule. You know, it's very manageable. Find out what else you have, uh, you know, and just really how much true depth you have. Yeah. Uh, Nebraska just scored. There's one second left in Boulder. Colorado 36, Nebraska 14, so a garbage touchdown late. What's not a garbage touchdown is Utah scoring. And Utah is now up 20-13 to 13 on Baylor. They come all the way back, and they take the lead late. Big touchdown by Utah. Uh, Nebraska is going to move to 0-2. Looks like Baylor is going to move to 0-2 as well. All right, uh, coming up next, we'll hear what Brent Venables has to think about the test today from uh, this SMU offense and a lot more OU-SMU talk as well. It is the Windy Chevrolet Sooner Game Day show live on the ref for the homeless Sooner fans. Windy Chevrolet Sooner Game Day. Right here on the ref for the homeless Sooner fans, Tyler McComas, Mike Steely. They are uh, rushing the field at Folsom Field in Boulder. Colorado wins 36-14. Baylor almost pulled off a miracle. They hit a deep pass all the way inside the 30-yard line with one second left. They had one chance at the end zone incomplete. Utah is going to escape Waco 
with a 20-13 win. Wow. And uh, I'm watching all the action right now at Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. Pretty amazing spot to be with all the new TVs. They've got the new design. They've got the barbecue in here as well. Elite, elite spot when it comes to a Sooner game day. Mike, what's uh, what's going on over there at Balfour Norman? Man, we have so many members of the Ref Army coming by. I'm, I'm trying to have, you know how it is, Tyler. You're on a remote and you're wearing headphones, but people are still trying to have conversations with you, and you're trying not to be rude, but you're trying to tell them like you're on the air. But we've had so many people coming by here and uh, saying they're still listening. They're, they found the app. They know about, you know, obviously 99.3 now, obviously, and they're saying we're, we're still out here listening. But sometimes it's like um, that's what happened on that one sound bite. I had a lady that was telling us how much she loved the ref and telling, uh, you know, and, and uh, all of a sudden, what? Oh, okay. I was trying, trying not to be rude. But anyway, Balfour, ladies and gentlemen, is big time. When it comes to Sooner Sportswear, souvenirs, anything you can think of for your tailgate setup, be thinking about Balfour of Norman. Most people already do, but they've been here for years and years and years and years. They're an institution here on Campus Corner. And uh, also, for lady Sooner fans, I got the lovely Shay, a couple new uh, Sooner hats. And uh, be sure to look to the new collection of uh, fashion tops from Stuart Simmons and Aaron Andrews. They have them here at Balfour of Norman. It is packed. People are excited. They are ready to see the Sooners roll out to 2-0 with a win tonight. You know, it, it's funny. Like, the difference between the Week 1 press conference and the Week 2 press conference could not have been more different. In the Week 1 press conference before the OU Arkansas State game, nobody asked a question about Arkansas State. Brent never really steered the conversations toward the opponents. And then on Tuesday... Brent opens with talking all about SMU. There were a ton of questions about SMU. All that to say, Mike, the respect level that I think Brent and this coaching staff have from this week to last week, I think it's very, very noticeable. Brent Venables really led on Tuesday that he expects – he, he really respects this SMU football team. Yeah, it's uh, – you know, I like bad golf analogies. So last week, Arkansas State was like going out to juniors, you know, the little part three, JR's juniors, whatever. Oh, yeah. And now you're going to play like the trails this week. It's not Oak Tree or it's not Southern Hills. Uh, you know, it's not going to be but, – but the trails is a lot more challenging. So the trails is SMU and uh, juniors – uh, is Arkansas State in this bad analogy. But you're right, Brent, right off the bat, here's what he said early in his press conference and uh, talking about SMU, and clearly he thinks that OU faces a much tougher test in SMU. The challenge is going to be uh, greater this week uh, for obvious reasons, and you're looking at a team that's probably got more depth and they certainly got more experience. Arkansas State was a very young team. This is a team that, as I said, I think it's maybe 15 seniors uh, starting between the offense and the defense. That's a bunch of seniors. And uh, senior teams play with maturity. Uh, usually they play with um, a different level of confidence. You know, their fundamentals are usually better. The moments aren't too big. so. Um, but we got a, a good group of seniors as well. And um, my expectation is we continue to uh, push and strive and hopefully execute to where we're continuing to complement one another. You know, for us to have the kind of season uh, that we desire, that's, it's going to take that. 
There you go, Brent on uh, SMU, and a lot of that is SMU did a lot of work through the portal in the offseason. Preston Stone, though, is unusual. He was highly recruited, and again, but he sat and didn't leave behind Tanner Mordecai. And when Tanner Mordecai, the former Sooner QB, bolted uh, for Madison, Wisconsin, uh, to go play for the Badgers, uh, Preston Stone gets his shot, and he looked pretty darn good in game one. He's He can, uh, you know, tuck it and run it. He's got some mobility, obviously uh, a, a really solid arm, and when you think about the skill guys they have, again, with Jordan Hudson, a wide receiver, L.J. Johnson, the A&M transfer in the backfield, along with Jalen Knighton, who transferred in from Miami. Uh, like I said, this defense, we're going to find out, like I said, not every answer, um, but we're going to find out a lot more than we did last week. And if they really shut down this offense to like 17 points or less, to me that's a great outing by this defense. It's a great outing, and once we start picking games moving forward here, it may be less about hope and more about expectations because, you know, I'm going to start having expectations defensively for the first time in a while. If they hold this SMU offense to 17 points or fewer, like I, I think that that would be – It'd be a really, really big step, and I don't know about you, Mike, but I like OU's chances to come away with a couple of turnovers, and I'm thinking interceptions. Like, Preston Stone is good. You just talked about uh, what he was rated coming out of high school, but I watched that game last week against Louisiana Tech, and he made some nice throws. He also took some chances, and those chances turned into touchdowns against a team like Louisiana Tech, throwing off his back foot in the middle of a crowded end zone, and he's got a wide receiver that comes up with it. Preston Stone, if he takes some of the chances that he took last week against Louisiana Tech, I'm just telling you, I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be Woody Washington or Gentry Williams or Justin Harrington, but if he plays as aggressively down the field as he did last week, OU's going to have a couple of interceptions tonight. You know what that sounds like to me? It's perfectly time for the Peyton Bowling clip because – and uh, because, look, I think SMU is, uh, is, you know, a team that's going to give OU a few challenges tonight. But I also think there's been a little bit of overhype of SMU. It's like, wait a minute. I mean, I don't see Eric Dickerson's not walking through that door. Craig James isn't walking through that door. I mean, Dope Walker, Don Meredith, or Forrest Gregg, they're not walking through that door. This is a, a solid team. That I think, again, uh, will be a much more entertaining game for Oklahoma fans, particularly if the Sooners break this game open, which I think they have a chance to do because I think they're going to cover. But, you know, Peyton Bowen was asked about SMU, and it was interesting because he was he was kind of complimentary at first, and then he laid the hammer down at the end of this clip. Here we go, Peyton Bowen. Really explosive. They got fast receivers. They recruited great in, their, um, in the transfer portal, so they got guys like – um, Miami transfer running back Knighton. Um, their receivers fast, twitchy. They can make plays. They're going to take the shots. Like they're going to give us 50-50 balls. But in my, in my eyes, like we got to make those plays. Like we can't let them. It can't be called 50-50 balls. We got to have the higher percentage, in my opinion. So that's the DBs and what we're thinking. And so they're going to be high tempo, high run, high shots, and we just got to make plays. We can't give up big plays. I mean, they played Tulsa and. Law Tech, they ain't played no one like Oklahoma in Oklahoma's defense, so he's going to be in for a shot. 
There you go. I love that. And uh, when we played that earlier in the week, it reminded me of uh, Coastal Carolina coach David Bennett with his famous, uh, yes. you know, we don't need no meows, we don't need no cats, we need more dogs. And Peyton Bowen is one of those dogs. <laughs> I don't think he's, there's any doubt. And if Peyton Bowen picks one off, he's got a chance to take it to the house. He has that kind of skill set, obviously. Oh, yeah. I mean, all you had to do was watch uh, his senior year last year. Um, great punt returner, great returner in general. And Gavin Freeman, I think, is this team's main punt returner right now. But I've seen Peyton Bowen take some to the house. If he gets the ball in his hands, watch out. And I, I love that, honestly. And I know everyone's going to be pointing to that, good or bad, after the game. If it goes poorly tonight defensively, well, that's why – you don't give him bulletin board material. Way to go, freshman. Maybe you should keep your mouth shut. And if it goes great, oh, okay, there it is. See, oh, you got a little swagger, some confidence back. I love to see it. I just like that the true freshman is playing as much as he is, and he's showing some confidence because that's what I want from this OU defense. They've been reactionary for so many years, Mike. I want to see some attitude. I want to see some edge back. And I want to see it on the field first, don't get me wrong. But if I have to hear Peyton Bowen say it and then they back it up Saturday against a pretty good offense, I don't know, man. I, I, I looked at that one way earlier this week, and I looked at it as, you know what, I, I actually kind of like that attitude. I, I don't hate it whatsoever. Yeah, I, I think that we we talked about this during the offseason, that the Sooners need to go and dominate this non-conference schedule. Now, again, you're not going to beat SMU 63 to nothing. If you do, then, uh, you know, start doing backflips. That'll be awesome. But you still you don't need any of those games during the Mule Shoe era where, like, oh, my gosh, this is a one-possession game against Tulane. Or this is a one-possession game against Nebraska. Or some of these other games where you're thinking, and the Kansas game. You know, when Caleb Williams had to rip the ball away from Kennedy Brooks to, uh, to save the day there. You need to go out and control this game. I'm not saying you, you know, SMU's not going to make some plays, but and I talked about it on the show this week. You don't want you don't want to be a Sooner fan and have one of those oh no games early in the season, right? Where you think, oh my yeah. gosh, I didn't think they could exploit us like this. Uh, even if Oklahoma wins the game, you don't want to have that feeling. Yeah, and I think the main theme, what you're saying there, and I agree with it, is you know today is not like the final word on how good this team is but you you can you can prove that you've shown a lot of improvement from last year and I do think the roster is better I think it's pretty obvious once you just look at the um, the amount of 300 pounders they have on the defensive lineman the quality depth and all that but mentality wise able to close a game are they better than they were a year ago and I think today doing that against a good SMU team could could go a long way for sure uh, we got Iowa and Iowa State that just kicked off in Ames. Iowa State is starting a true freshman quarterback today against its in-state rival. We'll keep you updated on all the scores going on across the country. I'm at Yo Pablo here on Campus Corner. Mike is at Balfour of Norman on Campus Corner. It is the Windy Chevrolet Sooner Game Day Show. It rolls on next right here on The Ref. Man, you guys, world traveling. It is the Windy Chevrolet pregame show right here on The Ref for the Homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Mike Steely, Windy Chevrolet, where you get the hometown experience. Visit them in Purcell, Oklahoma. WindyChevyPurcell.com. Free delivery anywhere in Oklahoma. 
405-253-2700. I'm at Yo Pablo today. We've been here all day since 11 a.m. Mike is at Balfour of Norman, and when it comes to drinking, uh, excuse me, when it comes to uh, getting fit for the uh, Stripe the Stadium tonight, that is where you want to go, Balfour of Norman. If you're in an odd section tonight, you're supposed to wear a white T-shirt. Don't be that person that doesn't. Go by Balfour of Norman if you are in an odd section, don't have a white T-shirt. Uh, they will be open all night long here in Norman. All right, Mike, uh, we've been talking a lot about this SMU team, and Tulane's got a chance to have a pretty good football team this year, though it sounds like Michael Pratt is out for the green wave today. Not sure how long he'll be out, but the point is. That's not good. That's yeah, my it's not good. For my upset. But SMU got a chance to win the American this year. Yeah, it'll be interesting, there's no doubt. By the way, uh, our mutual buddy uh, Wallace Marsh just stopped by with his family. What a great dude he is. And uh, I I don't know if he's been over there to see you yet at Yo Pablo, but he might be on your way. He better be. uh, Anyway, yeah, it's great to see Wallace. Okay, uh, yeah, I think SMU, you know, quarterback makes so much of a difference uh, at, you know, at any level of football, and more so than ever because of the way uh, quarterbacks are asked to do. You know, a, a lot of uh, there there are still some classic drop-back guys out there, but they also want a guy who can throw the football and run. Now, you don't have to be Lamar Jackson or somebody like that, but you better have some mobility, and Preston Stone has the, that ability for SMU. He was highly touted coming out of high school. He sat behind Tanner Mordecai waited for his opportunity and now he has it while with tanner mordecai going on to wisconsin this was preston stone the other day uh asked about what it would be like again and uh, what he's anticipating it's going to be like playing in norman tonight these are are the kind of games you dream of growing up you know going into going into a packed house with just you and your brothers and you know it's it's everybody against you so um you know going going up against a great program like oklahoma is something that I've dreamed about ever since I was a little kid, and um, I'm, I'm really excited for this Saturday. What's the preparation been like to get ready for an environment like that? Um, you know, there's really not too much different um, as far as preparation goes. Um, obviously, you know, we're gonna it's gonna be much more hostile environment than um, than most of the teams that will play this year. But um, at the same time, you know, we just gotta do our job, and um, it's football. You know, whether there's ten people or. 100,000 people watching. It's still the same 100 yards that we're playing on. Um, so we just got to go out there and do our job. There you go. That's Preston Stone talking about the uh, matchup in uh, Norman tonight and uh, also the Sooner connections that are there with Corey Roberson, who had a pick six uh, last week. Uh, D. Lyman. By the way, how about David Stone last night? How about that? Jeez. <laughs> that was nice. He had a pick six, David Stone for IMG, but then you've got uh, uh, Calvin Thibodeau coming back. So, uh, it, you know, there, there's some connections there, obviously, to Oklahoma coming back for SMU, too. Yeah, and you'll see a lot of deep balls tonight if you're this OU defense. So Peyton Bowen, he pretty much said that that's going to be the case. These corners, these safeties, they're going to get tested down the field, and I'm, I'm confident, but I'm also interested to see – just how well they fare for all four quarters when SMU really tries to take some chances down the field, especially if OU comes out firing on all cylinders offensively. Yeah, going to be 
probably going to be a lot of deep balls for SMU today if this looks like uh, it's going to be any sort of a track meet. You mentioned David Stone. We do need to mention that OU did get Nigel Smith last night, number 82 player overall nationally. And one thing that I'm impressed with, Mike, is, you know, this guy's a top 100 player on the defensive line. He had every offer you could ever want, and there was no drama whatsoever at any point in the past two years with he and OU. OU secured this commitment. It felt like a long time ago. I thought it showed a lot of growth with defensive recruiting, getting a player like this without him really flirting with too many other schools. There was never a prediction for any other school for uh, Nigel Smith other than OU. And it led to one of the uh, the great social media posts from uh, Miguel Chavis and Todd Bates, which is super kind of cringy cool, if you know what I mean. But they're hilarious, and their reaction was, was awesome last night. But, yeah, Nigel Smith is not a guy – that, you know, he's not uh, David Stone or Caden Durham or any of the flashy, you know, it's just all about basically it was almost like love at first sight for him with Oklahoma because that was as little drama as we've ever had with a top 100 player uh, with the way Oklahoma went about and the way Nigel Smith went about, you know, his recruitment as well. Uh, It was basically drama-free. I mean, I can't remember any drama at all. There was there was no – the only drama is that he was really quiet throughout the entire process. So the only drama was, well, I think we lead by a wide margin, right? Right? I mean, he's not saying anything like that. He, him not saying much was really the only thing he ever had to worry about. You never had to worry about anything, as he proved last night. OU gets a big-time commitment. And the 2024 class now up to the number seven overall class, according to Rivals. Final hour of our pregame coverage is coming up next. It's the Wendy Chevrolet Shooter Game Day Show right here on The Ref.